Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, and now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Alex. Hello, Jason. Hello, everybody. I am Alex. Sure, I am from the Northeast part of China, and I'm speaking to everybody in Beijing, China today. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I'm on Twitter, and it's one of the things that's actually fairly new for me. Mm. I opened my account in like October last year, but that was actually my wife opening me an account and saying, use Twitter, use Twitter. I actually didn't start using it until March. One of the things I'm seeing with all of the crises in America, mm -hmm. crisis after crisis after right, Roe versus Wade and like shootings in malls and shootings in schools and yeah. like the inflation is out of control and, and, and government's saying, oh, everyone, there are too many jobs and everyone else is like, I can't get a job. <laughs> like it's that's just- that was the most ironic for me. <laughs> and yeah, like the, the administration is saying, oh, this is the best economy we ever had. And it's like one of the worst economies in memory. Some some economists are saying it's the worst economy in 50 years. So you have gaslighting from like your our leaders. Yeah. So people are saying, I want to leave America. And I've seen this over and over and over and over again on Twitter. Yeah. So, uh, you know, one of the big misconceptions people have are like, well, I need to save up enough money to leave. Actually, no. <laughs> so for all of our North American listeners, today's episode is, how to move to China. Let's try. No money. Well, it's it's not just try. I guarantee you, if that's really your goal, we can help we'll you. We'll try to prove it to everybody <laughs> with our knowledge and facts. There are some facts that need to be laid out. I'm sorry. You do need to have a bachelor's degree. So yeah. if you don't have a bachelor's degree, sorry. I don't want to make it sound like there's a, a back door, you know, that you just sneak in. Oh, yeah. Are there ways to do it with no bachelor's degree? But there is an exception for people who have been making incredible achievements in uh, their industry yeah. and there are other ways of calculating their qualifications mm, mm. Um, and their visa allowance and uh, visa uh, requirements when it comes to people like but it's not absolute no if you didn't have one but you're just a wonderful mm. like industry leader that you, and mm, you want mm, to come mm, to China mm. you still you still yeah can. I that's that was my case I was a uh, industry leader and would you mind telling our <laughs> listeners what industry was that um <laughs> So moving on. So if you have a bachelor's degree, you're set. That's all you need. Go on to these websites like um, Jobs for China, ESL Cafe. Dave's ESL Cafe is one of the more famous ones that you can go on. Oh. Um, you can also go straight to companies that are hiring. And, you know, you can get yep. a job as a teacher in China. A lot of people, oh, I don't want to have to quarantine. You know, the quarantine just got reduced since only seven days quarantine in a hotel yeah. upon arrival. It, with any luck, your company is going to pay for that. So most companies will pay for your flight with getting you the visa mm. with doing quarantine. And some companies will provide you either either a place to stay or a housing allowance. So they'll give you the money to get an apartment when you arrive. And some companies will even loan you the money that you need for the first like 30 days or whatever. They'll loan you like yeah. half of your first month's salary or something like that. So yeah. you ha could have zero money, go online, get a job in China, get on and, you know, go run around and get your visa sorted out and fly to China. So the first step is have a passport. You know, for Americans, Americans for a country that, you know, is has fingers all over the world doing stuff everywhere. Most Americans actually don't have a passport. So statistically, mm. Americans mostly only 
travel in North America to Canada or don't leave the country at, at all. Yeah. So go to your local post office or your DMV and apply for a passport and get one. It's usually super cheap. We're talking like 25 bucks or something like that. So depending on your state and things, just get it. It's super easy. Once you have that, then your company will pay for the rest. So usually just have to go to like a Chinese embassy and hand over your passport. Mm. Sometimes you need to do a criminal background check, yeah. which is just you mailing a letter to the FBI. It's through a form you can find on their website and saying, hey, will you please do this for me? And they send a form back saying, you know, you have are not a criminal. <laughs> so, OK, also, if you're a criminal, you can't come. <laughs> I should have mentioned that up front. That's a deal. That I'm sorry. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> no bank robberies or kidnappings or murders. I'm sorry, guys. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but, you know, the jobs actually in China pay really well. It's the right now about about half of all of the foreigners who were over here working, they went home because of different reasons. They didn't want to have to have quarantines coming back into England or America or whatever, all this stuff. So right now there's more jobs in China as a teacher than like ever before available. Yeah, I mean, I've had uh, my friends leaving you know, going back to their home countries, mm. either it's because pandemic has been preventing them from seeing their families and dear friends for two, three years. And that's just it's a long mm -hmm, time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not seeing people that you want to see or you're used to seeing on a daily basis. Or some of them honestly have just run their course yeah, yeah. with their time in China. Like I have friends who have who've lived in China for 12, 13, 14 years. And they're mm -hmm. like, it's mm -hmm. a wonderful journey. But, you know, um, and we understand. I understand that. I think you and you and I could both relate to that. And some people move to a new mm -hmm. country and they're like, I would love to be able to stay there forever because it's so awesome but a lot of people are doing it for an extensive experience and i think mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. they're really all kinds of you meet all kinds of expatriates living mm -hmm. in china some here some are here for like a short-term assignment some here are for looking for opportunities for their career mm -hmm, advancement mm -hmm. some here is just want to try it out for a year or two and some ended up staying for you know over a decade two decades well you know you're right most people i would say very a very slim amount actually want to stay here forever most of them are like i want to stay here for five years or one year or ten years or whatever yeah this is a huge hot topic a lot of people uh, get angry about online the difference between the term expat or expatriate why and immigrants because immigrants oftentimes get mad at people who call themselves expats thinking that they're being like a high nose but the reality is oh, there no. there is a difference. Like for yeah. I am actually not an expat. I am an immigrant because I am applying for my permanent residence and want to retire and stay in China forever. Yeah. So actually, I'm not an expat. I'm an immigrant. Yeah. But most foreigners from America and like um, Australia and stuff, they call themselves expats and rightfully so because they because they really are because they want to go home someday. They don't actually want to stay in China forever. Yeah. But statistically, most foreigners who moved to China live in China for more than five years. There was a, a census that you folks, Chinese folks, did a few years back, mm. a couple years back, and actually showed that most foreigners who live in China live in China for more than five years. 
Um, so people who end up coming out for one or two years end up staying longer generally. Yeah. You hear that a lot. Yeah. You hear that a lot when people are like, oh, we just came here for six months and uh, five years later, we're still yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that all the time. But I mean, I, I like you. I know people who've lived here a long time, really successful, but they just miss mom. And they're like, oh, mom's getting old yes. and I need to go home and be around mom. So that's a that's a big deal yeah. for them because the, they do want to go home and they're worried about, you know, their mom or dad passing while they're away. So that that is a big deal for a lot of folks. I wanted to talk about a term, though, and this mm-hmm. is a little entertaining for me and I'm going to not use people's names. OK, but I want to I want to talk about to our friends about what we call a runner, a runner, so a, a runner to pull a runner, to be a runner. He pulled a runner. So this is the, the grammar of it. Uh-huh. A person who comes to China, sometimes <laughs> uh-huh. they will come, they'll land oh, in China, they'll hang okay. out for a couple weeks. And then Uh suddenly they're at the airport calling their boss. I'm leaving the country. I'm so sorry. And these these folks fly home because they couldn't adapt. Yeah. I uh, used to be a leader in a big company Mm. and we had a few runners. Most of these people had never left their hometown. Mm -hmm. So most of these folks, they're like, okay, my first sojourn will be to China. That's not the best choice. You probably, no, (laughs) maybe. If you have never been to any other country before China's a lovely place I love it here you know definitely have moved out of your own hometown before you decide to move to another country especially one in like Asia exactly like if you're coming from Europe or America you know if you live in France it might be a good idea to go visit Italy before you decide to move to China somewhere <laughs> that has a little bit more similarity that you could immediately you know mm. grasp on instead of something that's mm. very very mm. different so yeah we call these runners and they're usually within the first mm, couple three months of of their being here mm. in the country. Oftentimes they'll make up lies too. I had uh, someone who said their mom had cancer. It was not true. Like it was definitively <laughs> not true. I ended up talking to her sister one time and I was like, oh, okay. Oh God. So um, people just, they, they want to save face just like in China, yeah. this idea of Mianza. So they're like, oh, they make up reasons that they need to go home. And they're like, I need to go home next month. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But like, uh, so yeah, know yourself a little well. And you know, I want to, if I'm coming to China, you commit to your one year. If you take a contract out with a company for a year, you know, Stick to that contract. It's really about it's, anything and anywhere in this world. You know, mm. if you're signing a contract, just just be responsible and finish it. Right. Or don't sign it. You know, you could come here for like a short, uh, you know, if you just want to experience and see how you do, you could come, come here for a visit. And there are those short programs, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, for, you know, exchange type of work or yeah, whatever. study abroad for a semester. Yeah, you know, That's try a that. lot shorter. You can, you can bail. Nobody's going to say anything then. But if you're, <laughs> if you promise that you will fulfill this job responsibility to a company. To the children. Yeah, really think about it before you sign. But this is not to discourage anyone from yeah, signing. Yeah, you know, I think we should, you know, full, full disclosure about what people are getting involved yeah oh yeah a million a billion or maybe a gazillion years ago a giant split open an egg then came the lady giant who made people and mr curious the botanist mr handyman the baron on the truth this is our new season of chinese folk tales and we will explore the ancient mystical world together available on apple podcasts Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You're listening to The Bridge. 
lot of people they can't adapt to the fact that not everyone speaks English in another non-English speaking country. Oh wow! Don't be surprised in China when people speak Chinese. I've actually personally <laughs> heard this kind of complaint before. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, no, you don't don't even finish the sentence that you're going to say after your oh my god because we gotta speak English when we go to America. Everyone had to、yeah. be able to communicate. Otherwise, it's like, why are you here? But you know, we're not saying that. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say to people because、mm. I know it's a very different language system, and it's not. You know,、um, I know the number of people using Chinese is、uh, really big in the world, but it's not as widely used、mm. as an official language in、uh, a lot of countries and regions. So it's very understandable、mm. that a lot of people don't really speak it, and we're trying to promote international collaboration and cooperation for people to come here.、Mm-hmm. Um, But you know, if you have already come here, you've made the effort, bought the ticket, flown like seven, 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 thirteen、uh, hours to come to China.、Mm. Just、uh, don't be so mad that it's not a country that where English is an official language. But like, I think we've talked about this before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. multiple times. Actually, if you're living in、uh, Beijing or Shanghai, all of these bigger cities like Wuhan, Shenzhen, these bigger cities, most young people, like younger people that you know, or if you walk around any of the business districts mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. these cities. You most likely will have no problem asking for directions or or, or just、uh, looking for help and really navigating around. As long as we're talking about this, it's a good idea to learn some Chinese. You know, get one of those like、Always. phrase books. The first thing you're going to need to, to know is not xiexie or ni hao. You need to know wo yao jiega. That covers so many things. You don't even need that actually. You could just say jiega. That's it. Just this. And if you want to point at a menu to order something, you could just say jiega. <laughs> That means this one. Or just. Point. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk a little bit about confusion about looking at contracts. So I pulled one up.、Mm. This is from、uh, ESLCafe.com. Yeah, and it, they're looking for a job. I pulled this up two or three days ago. It's probably still up there. This is for a preschool teacher for three to five year olds in Shanghai.、Mm-hmm. Or sorry, Shanghai. I guess、uh, that's the English pronunciation. This is CNY forty thousand to forty five thousand. This is upper pay for. It's usually this job is for someone yeah who has experience for this kind of pay. So don't expect you're going to get it this. High, but talks about the school and it mentions the requirements.、And、I want to talk about the requirements for a lot of these kinds of jobs are actually very negotiable.、Mm. So if it says PGCE, what that means is a teaching certificate,、yeah. like not a, a not a TEFL certificate, not a CELTA, but a, an actual one year or two year teaching certificate from a university、yeah. back home in England or America or wherever. Now. Actually, these are not always required. If you are an English teacher, you can just get a TEFL, and sometimes the company will pay for you to get a TEFL, which is a teaching English to foreigners foreign language、uh, certificate, and、uh, they will sometimes hire you yep. anyway,、yeah. especially when there's a great need like right now. Sometimes you don't actually need to be fully qualified in the way、yeah. that the advertisement says. Some of them will say five years experience required or two years experience required. Actually, they don't usually mean that. So you can actually get away with just saying you have two years experience、uh, working. Yeah, you have to be to realize that these things that say. Like basic requirements are very very flexible. Actually, it's kind of the you know the same situation when you look at、uh, other job posts and they're like, oh, we need you to have eight years in the logistics industry.、Mm. But if you really only worked in the industry for three, but you just think you know about the ins and outs, you could go for it. And once they see you, usually. 
the eight years is not like a cutoff time. It's not like if you haven't done eight years, you're not even uh, qualified for an interview opportunity. And once you do get an interview, then it's really who you are and what you you can bring to the table. So it's not like yeah. in that sense, it's the same with any job you would look at. If you just get deterred from the all of the requirements, the qualifications, and you decide that if there's one thing that I don't I don't meet, um, I won't I won't even considering I won't even consider applying for this job. You're missing out a lot of opportunities. Same thing for these job posts. Another thing. So in America, oftentimes people don't get unless you work for a big company and you're like in a professional career, you don't get a lot of vacation days. But the good news is English teachers in China get a lot of vacation days. Yes. This one says 25 paid public holidays, Christmas holiday and eight paid personal leave days for an American. American, that is an enormous amount of vacation time, actually, because sometimes you'll work at like McDonald's and you'll have zero vacation days or whatever. And like, so this is, yes, you're going to have time to go travel (laughs) and to go to like Senya Island, which is the Hawaii of China, wherever and do cool things. Plus all these jobs, it's required by the government. They give you medical insurance. So you'll have either like the people's insurance, which I have, or you'll have like an international insurance where you can go to all these fancy clinics. Yeah. There was a job opportunity a couple of years ago and I really, really wanted it. And then the biggest attra- uh, the biggest advantage for that job for me was that the medical insurance was with Beijing United. <laughs> I was like, I just want to go there for, for no reason. Because it's like there's a coffee shop on the first floor. Oh, my gosh. Uh, You're you know, so bougie, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to walk in a, walk around a hospital with coffee in my hand for no reason. But I have cancer, but at least I have this cappuccino. <laughs> I know that's that's my that's my outlook on life. I just need my coffee. But it's it is really good package and i have this i i can say this firsthand because i actually got a job offer from an international mm, school mm, mm, um i had to turn it down for uh, different reasons that are not related mm, to mm, the benefits and stuff but i did say that they were going to have 10 weeks vacation time every wow. every year you have 10 weeks off and compared with what i'm doing right now i have to say that was super 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 tempting to talk a little bit more so usually for foreigners specifically they get christmas sometimes the local staff as they're Mm -hmm. called or the chinese staff at the school that you're working does not get christmas but sometimes you both do yeah Uh, so that's cool so for those of you who think christmas having christmas off matters then that's something that you get typically also they usually have a contract completion bonus and sometimes this is like one month salary Sometimes it's half a month's salary and sometimes it's like two months salary, especially if you're re-signing, <laughs> your bonus will go up. So if you stay for the second year, then you get like sometimes extra money to re-sign on top of the completion bonus. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you still have to work, but <laughs> you still have to do a lot of hard work and be really responsible for your students if you're going to an international school mm-hmm. to teach. But if you're just coming here on a company assignment, then everything that Jason has just mentioned it just automatically comes with your package being uh you know missioned out to another country and uh, a lot of those relocation agencies here have very good yeah, yeah very yeah. good resources when it comes to apartments and locations and i am very jealous of those apartments i really want to live in them really because they're so nice oh my god they're so they're so nice and usually even if it's a smaller apartment they have the resources of those apartments i that- would never take one of those like okay it's my personal advice is take the money uh-huh. and get your own apartment. <laughs> the reason is if you're if you're a 
school and you get into a conflict, which doesn't happen here, but I used to live in South Korea and this was a big deal there. What happened? Like where the bosses would get mad. So like uh, I would always just automatically take the cash and find my own apartment on my own terms that has nothing to do mm. with my place of business because then it's yeah. my apartment. Assess your own situation. Make your make your decisions. You know? Yeah, but I mean, apparently they're really nice, according to Alex. Uh. Yeah, I didn't even know some of the views existed. Oh, really? Yeah, it was those uh. buildings that are very high up. And, you know, when we look for a, a places, mm -hmm. we have different standards of things that we look for. We want it to be homey and stuff. But when we went to our friend's place one day. I want to make you jealous. In a don't. Moment. I know. I already know what you're going to say. And you've made me jealous on the show before, uh -huh. Jason. This is a big time. OK, well. I made my wife's family jealous. Like she has a cousin and they were a little uh -huh. competitive. Like, oh, we're so cool. And you're just some English teacher. Oh, that's <laughs> and so I busted out my phone and I was like, this is the view from my apartment. <laughs> they were like, your apartment? And I was like, yep. And I knew I won right then because the with the question so we were we lived across the river like from uh or the train tracks from uh guamau uh -huh. on the south side in pingua yeah really high like way up in the sky and we were looking at like downtown beijing that was our view day and night it was amazing that year that's crazy i would love to it be it was so what well, it was like i felt like i was like in new york city or something because you look out and you just skyscraper land. wow maybe we'll look at our neck that area for our next apartment <laughs> <laughs> love to be able to have a view like that. pingua is great get a north facing place in pingua and mm. you will just be like jaw dropping every day when you wake up because it, it's very 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 nice i think i just it caused the rent to go up there though probably probably <laughs> All of you who live in Pingua, come to Jason for your reimbursement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dive into the sports world with Sideline Story, our weekly podcast that brings you the most up-to-date game analysis and news from the latest sports action. Subscribe to Sideline Story on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Want to learn about world affairs in a more laid-back and accessible manner? Join insiders, experts, and analysts in the casual setting of the chat lounge to hear their personal experiences and opinions on major events and hot issues. Subscribe to Chat Lounge for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. listening to the bridge Okay, so yeah, oftentimes there's a signing bonus. So you'll get money when you land in China. Mm. We've covered a lot of this in different episodes, but we've covered like just one thing, like banking in China or renting a house in China. So today we're going to have to recap a lot of these other things. So opening a bank account, easy. Mm. Bring your passport, walk into bank, say, I would like an open bank account. They'll give you a card. You're d mm. good to go. Put yeah. your money in there. Now, here's the thing. You're used to Americans anyway. Americans, you're used to having to pay money to keep your money in the bank. <laughs> you don't have to do that. So you could put one Kwai into the bank yeah. and it will still be one Kwai like months later. <laughs> we have definitely had this rent before. I remember myself mm. raising my voice and being like <laughs> almost hyperventilating, just talking about it because I was so mad. Yeah. Being charged the money that doesn't exist in my account and then being punished for that money being charged. Mm. I'm like, 
None of those was my action. Anyways, that doesn't, it's not a, that's not how things work here. Yeah, it's not. It's so much simpler. Actually, now you, you, you're you used to having a routing number. You don't need that anymore. Yeah. Take your card and scan it and give a copy to your new company's HR. Boom. They can put your first like bonus into your account. You have money. You're good to go. Now that question of, I can't move to China because I don't have any money. Solved. You're in China and you have money. <laughs> so like... Ta-da! Day one. Actually, you okay, you are so now right. Go enjoy life. Yeah, you are right. Because yeah. if your company is paying for your flights, and they'll probably have someone pick you up from the airport. Yeah, someone will pick you up from the airport. They'll show you around, taking you yeah. to your uh, apartment. If if you agree with the uh, you know the relocation apartment that the company is going to arrange for you, then at least for a beginning, the first week or so, you're completely set. Well, usually the first um week or two they'll put you in a hotel this is especially for people who want to choose their own apartment so that's usually paid for by the company mm. so it'll be in the advertisement it'll say okay one week in the hotel or two weeks in a hotel or whatever when i arrived i had two weeks in what they called the orange hotel and ah. uh, it was you know i found an apartment and then i had an apartment and i still could stay in the hotel i was like which one do i stay in? yeah anyways once you do that you need you do need to go what they do register with the police so you go to the you don't actually go to a police station so there's not like you know someone in handcuffs sitting nearby no this is like no. A, a registration police office yeah it's, in, it's your neighborhood police station kind of paperwork place you go in and then you just show them where you live like your contract for your apartment and your id and stuff and then they just give you a little piece of paper your rent yeah your lease. they give you a little yep. piece of paper that says yeah you live here cool and then you leave yeah now you're completely legal to be in China and you just, uh, you know, a lot of, they say you have to carry your passport with you in China. You don't take a picture, a full color picture of the inside of your passport and your visa, which the, your company will give to you before you leave America. Yeah. And now if the police stop you to say, Hey, what's up? You know, you just say, Hey, here's my passport. And usually they just wave you on. They don't care. Yeah. Like if you're not doing anything wrong, the police are so super cool. here. Th that's kind of the point. Like the police really, some people are like, Oh, the police are looking at foreigners and think they're here doing something. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only place I know that police no, would no, visit is um, some <laughs> of the training facilities in China are not hiring people with the right type of visa to say either save money or cut corners on the time that it'll take for them to hire right. foreign teachers. Um, and when you're working with those two organizations or institutes, there is a big chance that the police is going to come up to your door and try and just tell you that, hey, your visa is not actually the type that you need to work in. I've had the police come to my door in, in Wuhan twice. They've just shown up and they're like, hi, can we see your paperwork? I'm like, here it is. They're like, okay, have a nice day. And they leave. Yeah. They're just doing the rounds. Like every now and then they're supposed yeah. to go check up on all us law and make sure we're up to good. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of visas, uh, Jason, I don't know if what we could do a quick walkthrough of the types of visas so you could get to come to China. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, go for it. If, if you have all the data laid out, I definitely go for it. I do because sure. I had to help uh, a couple people in my circle to kind of solve their visas issue i've been to i've accompanied friends to just renew their work visa or just get the kind of the renewed uh, mm, mm, mm. uh permit for residence mm. uh between two visas between the old visa and the new visa how much did you charge these people for your services Alex? Uh, a cup of latte <clears throat> i'm <Wow>. cheap <laughs> i think you, could, you should up that to like place everyone gets mexican food at in beijing i forget tex-mex or something Q-Mex. Q-Mex. yeah you should say i get Q-Mex oh twice and lattes three times yes uh, that's actually 
That's actually a really good deal. I would love to have that. I love mm-hmm. I love Cumex. Mm-hmm. Speaking of visa types from all of those Cumex dinners I didn't get to mm. have, there are, well, majorly like eight specific types of visa that mm. you could get. Wow. I know. They are. The eight types are tourist visa, business visa, student visa, a work visa, a crew visa, journalist visas, a transit visa, and the one that Jason is trying to get, a permanent resident visa. Which is the best one, obviously. No, I actually am curious, like, what's the (laughs) process? So please keep us updated about your application process. And when the news comes, you know, we we should celebrate. I'll just add one thing. Recently, they called my wife from Beijing because we have submitted it in Wuhan, but in Beijing, that's where they're actually processing it. And they were like, oh, well, we really want Jason to have a house. And so my wife was like, we have a house. We just didn't put it in the paperwork. Yeah. Do you need that? And there was like, she sent that and now they're finishing processing. What? Oh, wow. You will be that. You will be the first person that I know personally to have. There are only 20,000 foreigners in China who have this green card. It is called (gasps) the hardest green card in the world to get. That I've heard. That I've heard as well. Wow. I'm excited. Now you're in the top notch of the foreigners. Not not yet. Not yet. Sorry, let me not jinx it. Knocking on wood. Almost. Almost. (laughs) Go on. Go on. I'm sorry. Types of visas. Eight types of visas. And some of them are very self-explanatory, like a transit visa is sometimes for different countries. You might need to just get a transit visa to have a layover or to, you know, just stay here for like a day or, or so before you leave the city. Again, a tourist visa, very simple, self-explanatory as well. Mm. A business visa is, you know, commissioned by your company mm-hmm. to come here. A student visa, which is called the X visa. And I love that name because it's like, you know, it's like, it's cool. Yeah. It's like exploratory and it's X. It's the unknown, you know, come here for <laughs> a journey to learn and explore with an X visa. And then a lot of people here are on the Z visa, mm. which is mm. the work visa. Yeah. I've heard the the term Z visa a million times. I guess that's related to the field that I've been working in all of these years. Yeah. And then apparently even within Z visa, there are different types. Like there are the ones that are easier. I think it's called like type B, um, which is just a kind of a regular company employee. And then there are the type that I mentioned in the very beginning. It costs a lot more for the company to hire these people, but these people are um, exceptional achievement makers you know exceptional achievers of their industry Mm, and mm, if you mm, prove mm. that they're vital to your business then the company the government gives you uh, a visa to hire these foreign employees to come in and they get paid more like that you're guaranteed to pay more Um, and of course the tax is a little heavier on the company on the employer as well but that's how we this this is all put in place to make sure that all types of foreign talent could be attracted to come to china so that we can you know Again, international collaboration. For most of you who just have a bachelor's degree and want to come over, you actually don't need to know that. Mostly your company will just tell you, go get your visa now and you'll like look at it and see what letter is on it. They'll take care of that. You don't barely need to fill out anything except like your name and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, we're not. I don't want to scare. scare Yeah, we're not saying this because you have to figure out everything (laughs) yourself. But it's good to know. It's good to have in the back of your pocket. There are other ways to come in. But I think a lot of people who are just trying to leave and don't know what to do, Mm. they just need to call a number or send an email, get your resume ready and send your email. If you are from an English speaking country like Canada or the United States, et cetera, and you want to come to China, chances are if you have a bachelor's degree, you could be on a flight in a few weeks and that that's it. And then your life will improve because the cost of living is cheaper in China. The cost of living is so much lower. You'll be making more money, have more vacation 
inflation time, the cost of living is cheaper, and the threat of violently being shot to death in a mall is not there anymore. That's that's such a sad but true statement. Yeah, I know. It is true. It, that's the really, yeah, it's very sad. I love you. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you are a rookie, or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a world that starts with 你好. Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity. Listening to the bridge. Here's the thing: if you just have a bachelor's degree, great. Now, if you have certain kinds of degrees, you can make a lot more. Yes. So, if you have studied biology, chemistry, economics, math, things like this, you can actually get a different kind of job. Architectural design. Well, English teachers make the least at high schools, but math teachers, biology teachers, because they have like a bachelor's degree in biology. They can make up to fifty percent more than their English teaching counterparts. So if you studied math and you want to come to China, you're going to be making a lot more at a high school or whatever in China than you can as an English teacher in China.、Mm. So definitely, you know, go that route. Look for specific jobs that are suited to your background, yeah, so that you can make more money. And these jobs are in more demand because there are less people filling these positions than there are positions. And it's not just you. You know STEM majors as well. It's、uh, there are a lot of. I'm in some of these、uh, job groups where people post mm. Uh, mm. jobs looking for for teachers or just you know foreign talents in general. There is kind of a huge demand of drama teachers or arts teachers in general for the past、uh, year or so. I'm constantly seeing people looking for、uh, music teacher, like even go as specific as like we need a vocal teacher, we need a drum teacher, we need a piano teacher、um, working. In either high schools or or public high schools here in Beijing, and drama teachers and drama departments set up in these really prestigious high schools that are public high schools, of course, and. Those jobs get paid pretty well as as well, and it's not just the payment. I feel like from you know from what I've heard from my friends who work in、uh, again, I'm not going to mention which high school they work in, but it's one of those Chinese、mm-hmm, public high、mm-hmm. schools, and they work with the Chinese students. You know, not international school students. They're like they work with the Chinese students, and they really love their kids, and they are super creative in ways that. You probably didn't expect, and they get to have a lot of fun with things that they want to teach. And it's not just it, like international high school is not the only option to come and work for in China. Like there are a lot of public high schools, or public schools、mm-hmm. in general,、mm-hmm. looking for 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 people as well. You know, there are also、um, if you have a better qualification, like Celta, for example, and you can go to work for a, a private corporation. Some of these private corporations have their own training facilities for adults, and some of these are bizarre. Like、mm. they're like a factory, 
or like they do business internationally and they just want to increase their executives uh, English speaking skills. Yeah. And some of these are like, you know, uh, even higher paying than just like high schools and things. And there's actually a lower workload where you work with smaller groups of adult people. Mm. And so uh, there are all kinds of uh, options for that as well. I also wanted to talk about options for where you live. Yeah. So w- you, if you go to these websites like uh, ESL Cafe, you can re- you realize that you can choose where you want to live in China pretty much anywhere. Any city and even small cities and towns even, they have English speaking needs at different institutions. So you can choose, oh, I, I, you know, maybe you have heritage. Your family came over from Guangdong three generations ago. Yeah. Well, there's a ton of different cities like Foshan and Guangzhou and Shenzhen. You could go and live in Guangdong. Mm. And like there are a ton of different uh, opportunities for you there. So you could go and pursue like searching out your uh, great your gr- grandma's cousin or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I knew a lady who was adopted and she was adopted to school in uh, or she was adopted near a city in Shanghai. Mm. She moved to Beijing. I'm not sure why, but she ended up moving out close to where that where she was adopted. Mm. And I'm I, I don't know if she was looking for her parents. I don't think that was it. But I think she did want to go and like check out the orphanage that she like was, she was you know, in, yeah. spent. Yeah, she spent a few months in at least. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you have heritage out here, that's also a great opportunity for you to come and just explore. Or if you want, if you wanted to someday do international trade, you could move to Iwu, where all of the international goods <laughs> seem to go through. You will get you could, get all of your source, uh, the product yeah, source can, there. Exactly, you could find out the cheapest prices for uh, blue buttons for polo shirts. I don't know. I was looking at where people are trying to live because I have I have personally harassed my best friend who's still in the States. She's American, um, but I've been like just tirelessly harassing her every time I have like because she studied uh, uh, TESOL. Like she has a TESOL certificate. She studied ESL and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, and education mm-hmm. and she studied media. So and she's a writer. So she's super talented. I'm like, there's so many things you could do here. Uh, Jasmine. Um, <laughs> and I, every time I see a job post that I think she could do, I just send it to her. I was like, Jazz, look, they're going to arrange the flight. They're going to do your, they're going to help you get your visa. And they're mm-hmm. going to give you like holidays and you get an apartment and, and this is the money. And this is the conversion of the amount of money that you're going to get paid every month mm-hmm. doing a teaching job. And then she's like, no, I don't want to move. And she's, and I, I don't <laughs> think she's, I don't think she's like saying these job posts are not uh, attractive enough. She's just probably among a lot of people who are still not looking at China as one of their possible destination destinations for some experience oh, um, mm-hmm. overseas. And I, I, I looked at um, an article and it was according to the Association of American Residents Overseas, the AARO. I don't know if you heard of them. I haven't. Um, no. Yeah, they said that, you know, uh, 40% people in America, like 40% American people would go to like the Western Hemisphere, you know, Canada, Central America, South America. Um, and China only shares like 14% with other Asian Pacific Ocean, Asian Pacific countries like Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and Japan. So, and I feel like when you talk about Australia, when you put Australia and New Zealand in the picture as well, I was like, well, this, yes, Asia Pacific, all right, but it's like, there's, they speak English there as well. How big is the shock of moving to a country where you just want to have that kind of like, I'm in the middle of somewhere that I need to try very hard to get used to. Dunhuang, 
situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. A place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Dunhuang, a place born in legends. Buckle up for our new podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe to the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. Why We Love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. You're listening to The Bridge. Well, also, I was thinking about Japan. Japan, the, one of the issues with moving to Japan is that the cost of living is also very high, like in like a, lo- a lot of other Western countries. Yeah. So you're going to end up spending all of your money on rent and stuff and like basics of food. Oh, my gosh. Food in Japan. I've heard so like at the at the end of the day, you're going to be basically the same in the same economic position that you are back home. You're just going to be like poor in Japan instead of poor in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watch those. I watch those videos on Douyin and if you're interested in checking them out you can mm. see there are a lot of Chinese students that are studying in Japan documenting their mm. experience looking for apartments to live and I know this is probably a Tokyo specific mm. mm. uh, scenario where the the apartments that you're going to look at are just it's incredibly small when I say <laughs> small apartments and I think this is a this is a thing that people are micro not, micro yeah because when you say when you go at least when I was living in uh, uh, Charlotte North Carolina they're like oh mm. this apartment is not very big but it's it's got two bedrooms and a giant living room. You know, people, <laughs> a lot of people are used to the the space, but in Japan, it's such a small, it's such a tiny country because it's an it's an island. And Tokyo, even within itself, with the the population in there, it's it's really. I saw this place that it was seven square meters. Wow, seven square meters, and it's kind of a loft, so you're able to kind of like wedge in a bed, and then. But they do have amazing designs to take advantage <laughs> of the tiny space. But I'm just they like have to yeah. yeah they have to they are pushed they're cornered to do that and for me i'm just like i don't think I- your bed is also a bathtub just peel <laughs> back the blanket and get inside the water you know what that probably exists and i i don't know if i could do that but i do know to be very fair i've never personally visited japan i I have friends who foreign friends who live in japan are brave enough to go live in the countryside you know not the big mm. metropolitan cities and the countryside is actually a completely different picture, yeah i've heard that yeah right that is something that i want to go experience but um in at least in beijing in beijing and shanghai you know all of these bigger cities in china you're not gonna have to worry about seven square meter apartments if you really want to live though like if you're living out in the countryside every time you think oh i want to go do such and such thing you have to think about going there how to get back you can't just go to a bar in tokyo or whatever and then like go home at night because the train stopped running or whatever like now you're in Tokyo, yeah, at night, and I'll you're, also you're tell home. you that there's yeah. not going to be uh, why my of any food you want at like two in the morning that gets to your mm, door mm, within mm. twenty five 
five minutes. Yeah, I really enjoy. I lived in South Korea, mm. and I thought it was it was all right. It was okay, but I think I I feel a lot more at home in China than I did in South Korea. Like mm. I think actually this is strange, and I don't know how to quantify this yet. I'm not, I maybe I don't I lack the ability to be this articulate, but I find that China and America actually share a lot of like uh, similarities. Americans like mm. where I'm from anyway. There's a lot of family oriented kind of like the way that people think about life. And in China, it feels the same. China is America without guns <laughs> sometimes to me. Oh, my God. Like it does. It does. <laughs> it feels like China is like, you know, people really care about each other. People are really friendly. People say hello. You know, I feel like that's what America wants to be, the way it sees itself. Yeah. You know, if you look at every American city, you could probably find a corresponding Chinese city that just gives off the same vibe. Yeah. Like San Francisco, Qingdao. Oh, wow. Interesting pair. Oh, yeah. Because it's like it's mountainous a little and there are bridges everywhere and it's on the ocean. Uh, and then where does Chongqing come in? Chongqing. I've never actually been to Chongqing, but Chongqing, I don't know. New York with mountains. Um, kind <laughs> of. With better food. Oh, come on. Chongqing hot pot Ooh. and all the Chongqing uh, snacks. They're just so they're just so good. But like New York for me is more like Beijing. I, I thought you were going to say Los Angeles with Shanghai. I thought you were going to say San Francisco with Shanghai because of the vibe. I would say Shanghai is much bigger. I have not been to New York, mm. but I would always assume Shanghai and New York are more like <laughs> because to me, Shanghai seems like the super metropolitan international uh, like I, I don't feel like that in San Francisco. Mm. San Francisco is kind of like Small, a, yeah. a town. It's actually it's very smallish. Yeah. So I, that's why I thought of Qingdao. Qingdao is actually a population of like millions of people, like <laughs> seven million or something. But like uh, San Francisco is less than one million. But it does have a similar feeling to me. Yeah. Like the air is fresh. You know, it's on the ocean. Yeah. There's lots yeah, of bri- that's, I bridges. I think that's why I make that association. But for me, yeah. like New York and Beijing are more like in terms of the people. Yeah, yeah the, hustle. the hustle. People are always like rushing to places and, you know, right off the bat, they're not just going to stop and be like, hello, how are you doing today? Like they might look like they're over, they're very serious and they're not going to make connections with you. But like once you do stop or especially when you do need help, like people would give everything they have to make sure that you're OK and they're they're really approachable, um, but they kind of wear that hard shell on the exterior, on, you know, on on the outside. Mm, 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 um, mm. And the buildings are more alike as well. I feel like they're all very, you know, not chunky, but it's like very sturdy, you know, <laughs> like solid architectural styles. Um, I don't know. I just and then there are old buildings that are in, in the middle of it's just scattered around new buildings in New York and the same in Beijing as well. Like I love going on the third ring or the second ring road and you drive around and sometimes mm-hmm. I, mean, I, was I was thinking driven, driven around of course it's like when, when did you drive around wait a minute did the I, police I know could... about this <laughs> I am an honest person I don't want to be busted I'll bust myself um, and then you see you're like you know rows of uh, skyscrapers or rows of like new residential buildings and then you see like a temple or like a just an older mm, uh, mm, older mm. building in the middle it's very beautiful well that's something I would say that China has on America the ancient aspect like America America doesn't have ancient temple that's been there for 2000 years. Like, and that's China's covered (laughs) in them. There are so many like Buddhist temples and there are so many mosques and there are so many Taoist temples Mm. and there are actually many churches and Catholic churches and like other kinds of churches and just buildings that are not religious, that look like temples, like all over the place also. And like, it's just amazing. Yeah. 
So we could try to find equivalent places in America, but I also feel like it's not equivalent in some ways. Obviously, China has a lot history than America. Yeah. And I, I like the idea of playing the equivalence game because it's it's something where we could say, OK, this one's like that one because of X, Y and Z. But also like China's got stuff that America simply does not have. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a it's it's just a very different idea about life. And because of the history that we've had and it's over 5000 years, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of historical factors factors that contributed to what life is here in China today. Mm. And I think it would be interesting for if you if you come with an open mind and you really talk to the people that live here and get to know how these people think about China, think about the world, think about their life instead of reading it from the news. Um, nothing against it, but, you know, it's a more uh, well-rounded observation of what China is. You might have a, a very different view on what the world is and who you are. The best military commander is not he who fights a hundred battles and wins every one of them. The best military strategy does not lead to the desiccation of the enemy's capital city. Decoding the art of war will help you understand why there's no art in war and how Sun stayed undefeatable using the science of war with fun stories and insightful breakdown of famous battles. Tune in to Decoding the Art of War on Spotify. You're listening to The Bridge. I also want to just come back to brass tacks a little bit about for for our friends who are thinking about moving over here. A couple of other tips. You may have questions. So mm. filing taxes. A lot of people in America are confused about filing taxes when they live in another country, because many countries like France, mm. if you live abroad, you don't have to file taxes in France and some countries like in England, you mm. just don't file taxes. That's not something that you was do. So, intimidating. so in America, you actually do file taxes. So it's a crazy thing. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Also, if you live abroad and you're an American, you have to file taxes at home. It's one of the only countries in the world, like one of two or three on earth that you have. When you're living abroad, you still have to file taxes at home. So how to do this and what does it mean for you? You do not have to pay taxes twice. Mm. So this is a misconception people have. If you pay your taxes in China, which you will if you're living in China. Yes. And you've lived in China for more than half of the year, exactly one one day more than half of the year. There's a form <laughs> called a 2555 that is an IRS form that you fill out that says I paid taxes in China and you say how how much you paid and how long you resided in China. You do not pay taxes in the United States. So you do not have to pay double taxes. This is a misconception. Mm. You pay taxes in China because you are living in China. And then you do not pay taxes in the U.S. You just explain to the IRS basically that you already paid taxes somewhere else. Yeah. And now you do not have to file taxes in the U.S. at all. So this is something that is advantageous, you know. Yeah, and 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 most of the most of the employee uh, most of the employers would take care of uh, tax filing for you in China. Even for me, that's why I said the whole tax filing process was so intimidating mm. in the United States when we were there. And I wasn't. I was a student mm. there. I was, there was only one year. I was not a student. Mm. And 
they were like, oh, mm. when I was like doing my program, they're like, oh, even if you're not working, you still have to do. I'm like, I don't have any income or I, my income is very low. It's like support. <laughs> I'm a student. I'm a student. They're yeah. like, no, you're you have to do it. Otherwise, I'm like, why are you otherwising me? Like, <laughs> otherwising so, me. Wow, you know, that's good. I was like, don't otherwise <laughs> me. It's very like I am. So, what? Um, and then I, I was seeking help. And again, my dear friend Jasmine, uh, she used to work for I, and I can't remember that that super popular agency that helps people with their tax filing h&r block um yes exactly uh she used to work there and she's like oh yeah you can just go there and you pay 260 dollars." i was like what (laughs) (laughs) no thank you i I was like that is is really ridiculous that's why and i was trying to remember um uh, how taxes are done back here and then when after (laughs) after i came back to china i was like see i was right like your your taxes are automatically deducted from your monthly salary by the by the uh, by your employee um for the government you the only time you would need to do that yourself is if you want to run your own company or you want to work as an individual individual business mm. other than that like we don't worry we don't worry about filing for taxes it's just so if you work for a chinese uh, company and like jason said if you're here for over half of the year then you don't really have to worry about yeah. doing all of those tax filing papers and if you miss a deadline you're going to be audited and all of that that's kind of taken care of by the system and i also actually came across this article the other day mm-hmm. and it's an article on CNBC. The Greenback Expect Tax Service did a, a survey and it, it shows that one in four American expatriates say that they're actually considering or planning to dish their U.S. citizenship um, that because they're living overseas and they're, again, having different ideas about everything. And then more than four mm. Mm. And 10 people would renounce their citizenship because because of the burden of filing U.S. taxes. I, I was looking at this also the same idea uh, for reasons I'm not going to disclose, Settle. but it's actually a really mm. big inconvenience. If you're super rich, it might make sense. But here's the thing. When you before you get to renounce, uh, get to renounce your citizenship, you actually have to pay a tax on all of your assets and all of your total goods, which I think is like. 20% or something crazy. Wow. So say you have like half a million dollars. Now you have to give them like a hundred thousand dollars to in order to quit America. So quit America. in order to yeah, in that. order to quit and yeah, and in order to give your you know, resign from America, they actually want a huge chunk of whatever money you have. Because the people who are most likely to leave America are really rich people who don't want to pay taxes in America. So mm. the IRS wants to get their cut before they this person, you know, moves to the south of France or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> There's another thing. Wow. There's one last thing. We don't have a lot of time, but you have student loans in the United States. Oh, well, I can't go because how, how will I pay my beloved student loans? Oh, God. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you file taxes in the U.S. And, and you use the 2555 form that I told you about, then usually you do have have to pay taxes one dollar mm. so now when you're filling out your student your ibr your income-based repayment plan mm. you just link to the irs and the irs will tell your student loan company that you make one dollar mm. and then when they determine your payment amount it will usually be zero for every month of that year and you need to pay then you will need to pay your student loan company zero dollars every month for that year just uh, another tip i think this is already more than what's uh 
uh, sufficient for someone to make the decision to move to China. This is like your your travel, your arrival, your, your tax. Yeah, I'm, I've just been feeling for these people who are saying, oh, I wish I had a way to leave America, but I don't have any money. And so I was thinking about it. You don't need it. Or like, I don't know about China. I don't know like what, how to how to do things there. Yeah. Like it's you don't really need yeah. to know. It's good to know. This is how you do it if you want to do it. And when you get over here, you know, drop me a line. I'll, I'll say hi. Yes, please. Would love to see more people uh, come to China. Alex, we are out of time. Listen into our next episode for more insights and be part of Bridging East and West. Thank you for your time, Alex. Thank you, Jason. Always a pleasure talking to you. See you next time. Bye-bye.